1 John 5, 18 through 21. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come and have given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true even in his son Jesus Christ this is the true God and eternal life little children keep yourselves from idols amen amen but that sounded so much better reading when I read it out loud in front of you guys and when I've been reading it all week. God bless the word of God. Amen. Lord, we, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the depth and we thank you for the we thank you for the power that's found in it, Father God. And and we know, and we know, and we know, we know that you died for our sins and rose from the grave. We know, Father God, that we are saved, Father God. And we have been born again, Father God, never to die again, Father God. And we know that Jesus Christ has come. But we also know he's coming again. He's coming again. He's coming not as a baby. Not coming to be spit on. and He's not coming to be crucified and mocked and ridiculed. He's coming back for a church without spot or blemish, Father God. And we want to be ready. And I believe it's the, it's the if there was one job and somebody said, Pastor, what is it your most important role in the church is to prepare the people to meet the Lord when he comes. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We know, we know, we know. John, John's whole letter, and this was a circular letter, went to all the churches in that area. But these churches were being attacked. And, and like the churches today, churches are being attacked. They're being attacked with all kind of doctrines, all kind of teachings, and, 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 and it's really designed. And we talked about it earlier by this, the, the, the devil, the, the angel of light who disguises himself as the angel of light. But his job is to keep us confused. Don't want, to, don't want you to believe that. Well, you can get saved, but you can get unsaved, and, and you can be a Christian all your life and still die and go to hell. That's not what John was teaching. Don, John was teaching, you ought to know something. You ought to know that you are secured against sin. You ought to know that, that sin should not have power over us. Okay? Not that sin isn't powerful, but it shouldn't have power over us. Amen. Okay? So, looking at verse 18. Here he goes. Watch. And we know. Now, this is probably, if you were to pick up a, a reading of of. of Difficult verses in the Bible. This probably will be in a, a real difficult verse. I don't think it's real difficult, but a lot of people, I've talked to a lot of people, believe once you get saved, you can't sin no more. That's not what this verse is saying. Amen. There's no way this verse is saying that because that would contradict 
just about everything John wrote prior to this, to verse 18. Okay? So what he's saying is, we know, familiar with, to know something, intimate with, to have knowledge of, to have understanding of. We know that whosoever is born of God, okay? Whosoever is born of God sinneth not. Okay? Whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself. That the wicked one toucheth him not. So you see, sinneth, keepeth, and toucheth. Present participles. What's that mean, Pastor? Let me let me let me let me tell you what it means. It means the person who is born again is not presently or in the future planning on living sinfully. Okay? This person that's born again and begotten of God is not going to be one who is identified and, and, and relishes the fact that he is known by a particular sin. Okay? We know people like that. And we may call them godless individuals. Okay? And they plan on being godless unless God who is rich in mercy steps in. So, so, so John is writing to these believers who, who have been, who have been trying, trying to be bamboozled. The Gnostics has come in and they're trying to tell them, listen, once you get saved, you sin this. You don't sin no more. Okay? And among other crazy stuff that Gnostics was teaching. But he says, Whosoever is born of God, sinneth not. That's interesting. First thing I really want to address is what's it mean to be born of God? What's it, what's it, what's it really mean to be born of God? We've covered this many times, but it's always good to, to look at John chapter 3 when Nicodemus came and spent this evening with Jesus and and, and Jesus was a pretty straight shooter. He didn't have time to really play, play theologian games with Nicodemus. But it says in John 3, 1, and I just want to read some of this. And it said there, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. Nicodemus, get the word Nike out of it. You get the word Nike out of it. The word Nicodemus means powerful. Nike stole that from the Bible. It means powerful. It means, it means victorious. Okay. So this was a strong man. This was a strong man. Okay. He was a ruler of the Jews. Now keep your finger on that. He was a ruler of the Jews. He was the most powerful man in that city at that time. He was a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. So people have a question with why, when, they, when he came to Jesus. You know, we used to say the nighttime is the right time. Okay. <laughs> Um, but he came to Jesus by night because Jesus was busy during the day. Jesus had work to do. I think Jesus said somewhere in the word of God, I, I'm, I'm, I come to do my father's business, okay? And he came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. So he knew the miracles that Jesus had done. He's seen the miracles Jesus had done, and he knew that nobody else had done anything like this. And the only person that could ever do something like this would be God in the flesh. And Jesus answered and said unto him, 
Y'all know this. Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So there's something in this born again, this born again status that you have to have because if you don't have the power of a born again life, guess what? You're going to spin your wheels. Amen. Okay? You're going to spin your wheels and you're going to have a hard time getting to heaven without the power of God resting in your soul and in your spirit. Amen. Okay? So being born again, let me, let me, let me, let me keep reading because Nicodemus tried to play, play with Jesus. And Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? A ruler of the Jews would have known the Old Testament. A ruler of the Jews would have known exactly what Jesus was saying. Okay. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? We may, a child may ask that question. Can he enter into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, here we go. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I have this question all the time with people. And I say there's a difference between being born again and being a Christian. I, I say by the day, today's standards, by today's standards, by today's standards, both the thieves on the cross would be Christians. Yeah. By today's standards. Okay? Because the, the, the other thief was, would say, if thou be the Christ, save yourself and me too. That's, that's normal theology today. Okay? He didn't call him Lord, but most Christians, most most of those type of Christians won't call him Lord. They say they're Christians. I, I got a, I got a thing now. All these folks, all these folks, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, everybody want a religious exemption. Everybody want a religious exemption now. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something. You might get a religious exemption on this side. But you won't get a religious exemption when you stand at heaven's door. Amen. And, Jesus, and, the, and the Lord will say, you ain't going to want to see that religious exemption. <laughs> he wants to see the blood of Jesus. And he's going to say, I never knew you. Folks running the pastors. You got pastors online sending out forms saying, you know, join my church and get a religious exemption. Send me $25 and I'll give you a religious exemption. <laughs> That's dangerous stuff. Okay. Let's just show you the state of Christianity. And Jesus answered verse 5. Watch this again. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, Nicodemus knew something right away. He knew something right away. And I believe Nicodemus is saved. I believe Nicodemus will be in heaven. I believe Nicodemus received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior because he gave up everything when he went and got Jesus' body with Joseph of Arimathea. Read John chapter 7, verse 40, and you see God was working in Nicodemus' life. But, but it costs Nicodemus Historians say 
everything. But I, I wanted to stop there. Just stop there and talk about being born again. But let's 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 go back to verse 18 again. So we would know what it means to be born again, because we've got to put all this together if we're gonna get an understanding of it. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. Okay? But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself. Alright? That word keepeth, that word keepeth is, is, is important to understand. Because when you receive the, the power of God, you receive the power to keep yourself. From what? From the wicked one. Okay? You need it. Impossible to be a Christian without the power of God or being filled with his spirit. Because you don't have no fight. And the wicked one is getting after the church, getting after church folk, getting after Christians, getting after pastors. And if pastors and Christians don't have the spirit of God in them or haven't been begotten of God, you can't be born again without receiving the spirit. Okay? Amen. You don't tell me. People say, I don't know if I'm born again then. Well, maybe you need, that's a good thing. Let a man examine himself because you have to ask yourself, have I been born again? Amen. It shouldn't be a question if you call yourself a Christian. Because it's hard to tell me you're a Christian and you haven't been born again. So, Pastor, what's it mean to be born again? Filled with the Spirit of God. Okay. Therefore, if any man be what? In Christ. Finish it. He is a new creature. Meaning he got a new spirit in him. And that, 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 that new spirit is designed to give him the power to keep himself. Okay, that old that old nature ain't gonna keep you. That old nature is attracted to evil. It's attracted to to the foolishness of this world. As a matter of fact, that old spirit is has a lot in common with the wicked one. Amen. Okay. Amen. See, see, once you get this new spirit, you 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 have a falling out with that old spirit. Okay. Y'all y'all part company. That's a good way to put it. Okay. And, and 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 that old that that wicked one that wicked one you and that wicked one are walking together y'all laughing and talking y'all y'all buddies okay but when you get the new spirit the new spirit don't want to have nothing to do with the wicked one Amen. and the wicked one don't have, want to have nothing to do with the new spirit and then you got to clash you got to clash and you got to fight and the Bible says greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world the wicked one can't touch you Amen okay. Can't touch it. Can't touch it. Some of us, some of us look at Christianity. I, I, I think about this all the time, especially if I go. If I, rarely, if I go to Walmart, I see some old friends. You ever see some old friends? Some of y'all see some old friends. Guess what? They always like to bring up uh-huh. old stuff. Amen. Old stuff. And that's fine. I mean, that's fine. You know, we we call it life review in hospitals. We call it, we give you a life review. To tell, they don't tell you anything about you. You know, you, you meet some old folks that have walked away from the church, you know. Why did they walk away from the church? Because they never was part of it. Okay? They never was part of it. Let me, let me people, got to call them, got to call them, get them back. You know, be like Michael Jackson, I want you back. No, no, no. They, they went out front of us. Okay? But they were not of us. 
For if they had been of us, they would not, no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were what? Not all of us. Okay, so, so folks leave church. They treat church like, you know, like high school football. Remember when high school, you know, when I was in high school, I played football. And then once I left high school, I stopped playing. You know, I was brought up in a church. You hear that all the time. I used to go to church. I used to sing in a choir. How about that? I was baptized. Come on now. Any cheerleaders in here? Cindy, was you a majorette or something in high school? When you a majorette? Cheerleader? Okay. Give me a J. Give me an E. Give me an S. Give me a U. Give me an S. Give me, what does it spell? Jesus. See, you're still a cheerleader. And we still cheerleaders for Jesus. How about that? See, Christianity is like a sport. How many of us used to do, how many of us bowled before me and Margaret bowled and saying bowled? Why did you stop? Why did you stop? Think about it. Taking up too much of your time. Jake, why did you stop boxing? Because you got old. (laughs) Right. I mean, if you would have stayed 25, you'd still be boxing, right? Stay, stay, Stay with me. Why, I enjoy playing football. Why did I stop? Why did I stop? Why am I not, why am I not still playing football? Because I'm old. And I can't fall down anymore. <laughs> I can't even run anymore like that. I mean, I, you know, okay? Here's my point. Here's my point. People treat Christianity like they do stuff that they did. It was just something that they did. And it got old to them. Okay? And, and something better come along. And they just lay, lay down being a cheerleader because you graduated. You can't, you, know, you can't be a cheerleader when you graduated already from high school. So you came back and you want to be on the cheerleading team. So people treat Christianity the same way. I used to be a Christian. I used to go to church. Know what it's called? Know what the word I'm looking for? Apostasy. Uh-huh. Apostasy. That's the word. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a word which really means you, you, you betray or you walk away. It's, it's desertion. Okay? Desertion. I, I hear people. I, I, I met a family just yesterday. They said they used to be Christians but now they're Catholics. Pay me pretty good to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, I've heard people say, well, I used to be a Christian, but now I'm, I'm Islam. Okay? I used to be a Christian, but now I'm, I'm, I'm a Hebrew Israelite. Okay? Here's, here's the answer to that. You never was a Christian. Okay? You never was a Christian. If you, if you, if you were a Christian and you became a Buddha or a Jehovah Witness... And that's what John, that's what John is really talking about here. Okay? You can't walk away from you can't walk away from this. Amen. I mean you can walk away from it, you know, if, if it didn't mean anything to you. You can walk away from it. But you can't walk away from what God has done in your life. If if watch watch this verse. I just want to read some scripture to you guys. Watch this first. Tell me you can walk away from this. Because the first part, verses 1 through 3, tell you who you were. 
tell you who you were. Verses 4, 5, 6, and 7, 8, tell you what God did for you. And then verse 10, which we don't like to read, says what God's requirements are. Okay? And you have he quickened who were dead in trespassing sin, Ephesians 2, uh -huh. and verse 1. Where in time past you walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past. In the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, that old nature, were by nature the children of wrath. Even as uh, you know what children wrath me, just evil workers, evil workers. And it may not look evil, but we was evil workers. Some of us was kept it, kept it undercover better than others. Here's our verse. Here's our verse, Ann. But God. Amen. This is what, now we talk talking about what God has done for us. And this is why we can't turn back. This is what Martin Luther read. And he's like, he, he said, oh, so something different about that. But God. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins and made us sit together in heavenly places that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. And that's, see, that keeps the believer. See, that keeps the believer. When you have the hope of heaven, when you have the hope of heaven, it keeps you focused. God gives us the hope of heaven to keep us focused. Does it get better than this? You're going to go through some stuff down here. You're going to fight and you're going to go through some stuff down here. The Bible said through much tribulation, one inherits the kingdom of God. Here's our verse, verse 8. I like this. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works. That's any man should boast. Okay, so we see what God has done. Now tell me how you walk away from that. Tell me how you walk away from God's grace and God's love and God's mercy and, and God's faith and God's greatest gift, Jesus Christ. How you walk away from that? How you walk away from that? It's going to make you duty bound. You want to serve God because you want to serve God. And his, 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 his commands aren't, what's the Bible say? Grievous. They're not grievous. God is not going to ask anybody that loves him that loves him, that he has shown his mercy to and his love to and his grace to and his faith to, to do anything that's going to be grievous, grievous, grievous. Why? For we are his workmanship. I like that. For we are his workmanship created, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them, walk in them, walk in them. You know, Jesus was teaching once. He was teaching. And Jesus didn't teach easy believism. He didn't teach easy believism. Okay. When when he when he when he read John three sixteen and Nicodemus, he wasn't teaching easy believism. When he said, "For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life," that wasn't that wasn't 
a ticket for everybody. The, the call went out for, to everybody, and all can be saved. Don't let nobody trick you in saying only a certain group of people can be saved. Everybody can be saved. God died for everybody, not just people on the East Coast, not just people on the West Coast. He died for the whole world. Now, will the whole world embrace him? Will the whole world believe him? No. It's like Nicodemus. Nicodemus struggled with it because to, to say you're going to believe in, in Jesus means it's going to confront it's going to confront your lifestyle. Okay? It's going to confront your lifestyle. Now, Jesus is preaching that and he's teaching that. That's constant. That was a constant in his ministry. And now in Luke 13, 23, I, I just pulled this verse out because it came up. It says, and, 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 and then said one unto him, Lord, are there few that be saved? Okay? Now, this guy's asking Jesus this question because he's, he's basing it on what he's hearing Jesus teach. And it could have been a disciple, could have been a follower. Somebody was close to Jesus hearing him teach and teach and teach. And what was Jesus' answer? What was Jesus' answer? He didn't say, well, listen, no, listen, listen. You come as you are, stay as you are, you come to heaven, everybody go to heaven. Everybody go to heaven. You don't have to change nothing, just come as you are. No, no. Watch what he says. And he said unto them, Strive to enter in the straight gate. How about that? Mm-hmm. Let, me, let, me, let me explain that word strive before I go on with this verse. That word strive means press, fight, claw, grind. Okay? Okay? So this, this, this guy asked a legitimate question, Jeremy. That's right. Because he ain't see a whole lot of craw- craw- grinding and clawing. You know, you look at the church now, it's full of fear. Full of fear. The church is full of fear. Okay? God didn't give us what? He didn't give us the spirit of fear. He did not give us the spirit of fear. I hear when I talk to Christians and they fearful, I'm, I'm like, you, you, you really need to be careful with that because God didn't give you the spirit of fear. Uh-huh. Okay? Watch what Jesus says. He says, strive to enter in the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in with their religious exemptions. Okay? And, and, and they Johnny come lately and, and they come in and, 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 and they desperate. Somebody said it on Wednesday night when, 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 when Noah got in the ark, Noah didn't shut the door. If it, was a, if it had been up to Noah, he would have let everybody in there. He would have let all the animals in. He didn't let all his peoples in. God knew that. See, this is what a lot of preachers do. See, a lot of preachers like Noah. See, a lot of preachers, oh, come, everybody come on in, come on in, all, you know, all the queers, all the trans, all the, all the fornicators, all the adulterers, all the drunkards, all the drug users. Y'all just come on in, you know, come on in. No, I believe God took Noah by the collar, grabbed him, threw him over there with the giraffes, Amen. and Amen. shut the door. Amen. He shut the door. I, you know, y'all think I can tell somebody, you think I can tell somebody that I love, unless you can't come in? No, 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 none of us in here would be able to do that. Uh-huh. But many of us in here got loved ones, family members, kids that we know going to hell. Amen. 
And if we were standing by the door, we would, they'd be all in. That heartbeat, that heartbeat rocking. They come in there. Travis Scott being there. Snoop Dogg being there. Eminem being there. Little Wayne being there. Little Bow Wow. Everybody in there be coming in there with their big boom boxes and they be rocking. Hey, we're going to have a. Just as we are. That's a lie from the pits. Amen. That's the life from the pits, and it cheapens the word of God. Amen. It cheapens it, Margaret. It cheapens the word of God. Why? Because Paul writing to Titus, and he's writing to Titus. These are pastoral epistles. He said, Titus, here's how you teach it. Here's how you teach it. See, we can't teach it like Titus taught it. Because we, we, we want everybody to we want everybody to come. We want we want mega, man. We got mega. We gotta have all these people. How many people was on the art? Y'all remember it? Eight? Folks are laughing and joking with me and they say, ah, oh, you got that little church over there, you only got 13 members. I said, I got it. I got eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. I got five more to know. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> How many? Um, um, okay. And you know what they know what Noah was? You know what Noah was? The Bible said Noah was a preacher Amen. of righteousness. Mm-hmm. And every preacher should be a preacher of righteousness. Okay? Because Paul, Paul right into Titus, let me get this before I go, before I move. He says, here's his, he says, talking about Jesus, who gave himself for us. Think about that. He gave himself for us. Not for him. He died for us. Watch. That he might redeem us from all iniquity. So he died for us to redeem us from all iniquity. How can we even think that we can enter into the gates of heaven full of iniquity? That made no sense. He died. He died for us. The Bible says, and, and that we might re, that he might redeem us from all iniquity. Here we go. Finish the verse and purify unto himself a peculiar people. Let me stop there. See, to be purified means all that iniquity is going to be washed from us. How's it washed from us? Not on nothing we can do. We, we can we can go we can go to to get some Clorox, some bleach, all that. None of that's going to wash us. None of us going to wash us. We're going to be washed how? By the blood of Christ. Amen. He gave Himself for us. Watch to purify unto Himself a peculiar people. I don't mind being peculiar, Amen. but you. Y'all, y'all pastor is peculiar. I don't know how y'all put up with him. I, I listen to that guy on Facebook sometimes. All he want to talk about is holiness and righteousness. And, and, and I, nobody want to hear that. Okay. You need to be born again. You need to be saved. You need to be filled with the power of God. You need to walk like Jesus walked. I like when we talk about, talk about Christianity. Zealous. I like this one. It's to finish, it finishes off the verse. He says, he says, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto him a peculiar people. Zealous. Zealous of good works. Zealous. Excited about doing it. Let me give me what here's here's what one, here's what one guy said. Studious to do, warmly pursuing. All such works that are acceptable to God. Think about that. Think about that. Think about what you're doing today. Think about what you're doing today. 
It don't matter. It don't, it don't matter. On your job, okay, in your community, in your neighborhood, is what you're doing acceptable to God? Okay. Is your work at your group home where you work when you handle them children, handle them, handle them mentally ill patients? Do you handle them in a way that's acceptable to God? And that ain't easy, is it? That ain't easy. Okay. Somebody, somebody wrote me and said, "I, I, I want to follow Christ, but sometimes I just want to slap somebody." <laughs> Thanks, Jake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sometimes you just you want to be like Jesus. But sometimes you want to slap my oh. Don't you want to slap your husband sometime, Margaret? Knock the daylights out of him. I ain't heard that in a long time. I know that's right. Okay, we can talk about it. We can talk about it here. It's like a therapy session. Slap somebody with the Holy Ghost. Holy slap them with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Now watch this again. Let me, let me finish this verse. This is, see, sometimes I, I, don't, I don't know how far I get with some of these verses. Because I got to let, let the Lord speak. Amen. I can't just control this. This is, just watch. Who gave himself for us, Jesus. That he might redeem us. Buy us. Purchase us. To redeem something. What, what's he, who is he redeeming us from? He's redeeming us from Satan. Okay? Amen. He's buying us back. He's offering himself in exchange. Satan, let him go. Okay? He's going to redeem us from all iniquity. Who is Satan? One of his names. He is the father of iniquity. Okay? Amen. And to purify him to, unto himself of peculiar people. He brought us back. Okay? He redeemed us. He died for us. He brought us back. He redeemed us. Now he's going to purify us <clears throat> unto him of peculiar people, zealous for good works. Watch verse 15. Here we go. Watch. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. These were young preachers, okay? Timothy and Titus, these were young preachers. And they had been preaching to an older group of people. And they like, these young people ain't nobody listening to that. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Speak it. Whether they want to hear it or not. Paul said, be instant. In season, out of season, okay? Preach the word to them old heads, okay? That's what he's calling the prison, old heads. One more time. One more time with this verse, verse 18. I might not get past verse 18. It's kind of it's kind of juicy. Paul, John says, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, okay? Present, active, Participle there. I got it wrote down on this page. Present active participle. See, I'm not, you know, I'm not one of them guys like, you know, John MacArthur and them. They can tell you exactly what that means. I have to write it down. Present active participle. Here's what it means. It refers to an action that is currently taking place or which takes place repeatedly. Does that make sense? Jake, you want me to repeat that again for you? I see you writing it down. Yeah. It refers to an action that is currently taking place or which takes place repeatedly. It's something that you do all the time and you don't have no problem doing with it, doing it. Okay? 
So John is saying the person who is born of God don't do that. Don't sin. Sin if not. Okay? He ain't waking up sinning. Anybody here other than me remember when we wasn't saved? Okay? We didn't wake up with Jesus on our mind. We didn't wake up to a daily devotion. We didn't say to Alexa, play, I'm, 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 I'm on my way to heaven. Okay? We didn't live like that when we was unsaved. Amen. Woke up cussing sometimes. <laughs> I know. I, I, I ain't always wake up just wanting to go work at General Motors. I got to go out on the semi line 10 hours. I ain't wake up happy about that all the time. I wasn't always, when I was unsaved, I wasn't, them supervisors and foremen, I wasn't always nice, talk to them nice. But God, but God. Amen. who is rich in mercy, Okay, somebody said, I said, what took so long, God? He, he, wanted, he wanted that thing to just, he wanted me not to forget. That's right. I can say like Paul, I've done it out of ignorance. Okay, now watch. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. It's not going to be in a present state of sin. Okay, mm-hmm. you just see, cause, watch, just, let the verse speak for itself. He sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God Keepeth himself. He that begotten of God keepeth himself. That word keepeth me. He got the strength to keep himself in the will of God. This born again person, this person who has the power of God living in him now, he has the authority within him to keep himself from sinning constantly. That's key. You know, you're not you're not living a sinless life because that would that would just throw off everything John had taught already. He already said, if we what confess our sins, Amen. he's faithful and just to forgive us. So with that verse right there, we know he's not talking about you living a sinless life. Ain't nobody in here living a sinless life. And I've heard people tell me that they don't sin no more, and I say you lying. <laughs> and, and and lying is high on God's charts. Okay, matter of fact, it's one of Satan's names. He's the father of lies. Someone, somebody tell you, I, I ain't sinned since I got saved. Okay. So like the rich young ruler, he come in and he said, what must I do to be saved? He must say, you know what? Go sell all you have. He, he couldn't do it. He said, I ain't sinned since I was 13. All right. Let me keep going. I don't, I don't need to talk about that. Remember last week? I didn't put, I didn't, I'm sorry for my sermon audio people. I didn't post a sermon. I'll post it today. But in John, 1 John 5, 16, this is interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. It says, if any man see his brother sin a sin, which is not under death, he shall ask. That word ask means ask God. Pray to God to work with this brother's life. Help this brother overcome this sin. Get this brother the strength in his spirit to fight this sin and battle it. He won't talk like that. 
He says, and, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. Okay. But then he, then he finished the verses off and he says, there is a sin unto death. There is a sin unto death. He said, I do not say that he shall pray for. Now, I thought about that. And I thought about what one, one expositor wrote. And I thought his answer was really, really interesting to me. Because he said, once a person is dead, and I told you the story last week. And I met the, was meeting with the person and she died while I was visiting her. And there was no need for me to pray for her. Okay. Let me tell you all something. Most of us have been to a lot of funerals in here. And, and, and you know what's really weary about that? We, how, many, how many of them folks' funerals you went to, you know they saved? Okay. How many, how many of you know didn't die the sin unto death? A lot of times you can tell if a person died the sin unto death by who's there. Amen. Okay? Now, stay with me. Now, this, this, this ain't preached a lot like this. But you go to a funeral lost person. All his lost friends are there. Okay. I had a preacher I was sitting under. And he said he had to do a funeral. And he said he's doing a funeral of a gay guy. Okay. And I went with him. A lot of just curiosity on my part. But I won't see how he was going to do this. And guess who was there? The gay community. And you know how we do our little two minutes? Two minutes, tell something, two minutes to talk about your friend. And they got up there and they talked about their friend. Okay. How gay he was. And the fact that he died gay. That's the sin under death. Because there's nothing you can pray about. There's nothing you can pray about. Okay? We don't want to die to sin under we don't want to die to sin under death. That's why I just why I beat this drum so much. And I know it can be can be a little bit annoying, but Jesus was annoying. You know why they killed Jesus? You know why they killed all the apostles? Anybody know why they killed all the apostles? Anybody know why they killed all the prophets? Think about it. Because they was annoying. Why do we kill bugs? You see a bug, you know, Sydney the bug killer in our house. You know, we get a bug in the house, we get a, we get a stink bug on the wall. Creed ain't killing nothing. She's more like me. We call, we call Sydney, she the bug killer. And she take her shoe off and pow, black spot on the wall. You know? Because bugs annoy people. Preachers the best preachers are the ones that annoy you. Okay? Seriously. Paul told people. Paul, Paul told people. I'm going to give this last verse. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go no further today. Unless, unless I get moved. Paul told preachers. One of the Paul's commandments was to preachers was to annoy the heck out of people. Paul said it don't matter. If they, want to do, if they don't like it, it's tough. Just annoy the heck out of them. Okay? 
Now, I know somebody in here might be saying, you do a good job of that. <laughs> I ain't going to mention no names, but I, I, you know, I know my girl sitting right there in front of me. <laughs> Put her glitter on. But I want I, I you know I want to annoy you guys, okay? Watch what Paul says. See if you see this. Paul said, "I charge thee." He says, "I charge thee." Okay? Let me tell you something. Paul said, "I charge thee before God." Paul was an apostle called by God in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was an apostle. He had he had the authority from God to annoy people. They cut his head off. They cut Paul's head off. Okay? He said, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, those who have been made alive and those who rejected the word of God. It don't matter. You can reject it all you want. You're still going to be judged. Okay? Don't think you cause. You know what? You ain't got to have no excuse. You're going to get judged. Okay? The quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Now, with that said, Paul said, preach the word. That's, that's, not, that's not a suggestion. Okay? So, so Deacon Jeremy or, 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 or Brother Jake, when you, next time you go up here and, and preach the word of God and preach. You, listen, it's not, it's not a suggestion that you preach the word. Amen. It's a command that you Amen. preach it. Okay, okay, and the true people of God ought to ought to embrace it. They ought to welcome it because you know you want to feed them spiritual things. Paul said he he said feed the flock of God. What does the flock of God want? If they're truly the flock of God, what do they think they want? They don't want me up here talking about why you shouldn't eat hot dogs. Okay, three fifty. That's why you should. No, I don't want to hear that. Leave me alone. Preach the word. Here we go. Be instant. In season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. I remember I remember going down in Sebring. I'm going down here out in the sticks, out in the sticks. And I'm, 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 I'm doing this man's funeral, doing this man's funeral. And I knew him well. Knew him. He loved the Lord. And I had a chance to talk to him about it right before he died. An hour before he died, I was able to talk to him about it. Okay? And I did his funeral. And you know what I did? You know what I did? I was instant. And, and, and I preached the word. And then two little ladies came up after. They was just barely making it. Walked up. Well, if they haven't heard about Jesus... They heard today. Okay? That's one of the greatest compliments I've ever got. Because most people don't say nothing to me when I come out of the pulpit. I've, I've seen folks come out of the pulpit, preach nothing. And I'm sitting here like, this dude didn't say nothing. And everybody like, girl, boy, you, you tore it up today. You broke it down today. Man, that was good, man. You blessed me. I'm sitting here like, brother didn't say nothing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm in the wrong business. Watch. Why is that so important? Why is that so important? If your loved one's coming here, I'm like, Margaret, Margaret, your loved one come here, or Jeremy, your loved one come here, you know, they, they, I'm going to turn it up a little couple, couple notches. Amen. Okay? Amen. Just seriously. 
I do. I do. I got to turn it up like Nebuchadnezzar. Amen. Why is that important? They may not come. I may not ever see them again. Okay. And then when they ride by the church, I don't know, that's when I was over there, boy, that bald head man preaching the gospel. But, but that's important. They need to hear it because of God's word, God's word, God's word does not. I mean, word, return boy. You know whose word, return boy? Man's word. Man's word. Man's word returns void. Okay? Preach the word, be instant, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering doctrine. Watch this. Here's why. Here's why. This is why Paul was such a great scholar, great teacher. He says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned. Unto fables. They like fables. They like jokey, jokey sermons where it doesn't offend them, doesn't touch their sin, don't address them. They can come in, live in any kind of way, and be comfortable. They should never be comfortable in the house of God. Amen. When they're living in sin. Paul says, again, I'm closing. So then, faith... Without faith, no man shall see the Lord. Without faith, no man will be able to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So Paul says, so then faith, if somebody's going to get it, somebody's going to get it, somebody's going to be saved, they need faith. Okay? So then faith, Romans 10, 17, cometh, Okay, that's where it cometh again. Present, particle, whatever, however that went. Jake, you wrote it down. I, I ain't gonna go back, but it means it means it means faith cometh, and it continually have to come, and it continually have to come by hearing. Okay. May not hear the first time. May not hear the second time. You may not, you you don't, you know what? I heard a preacher. And he went and knocked on this lady's door. He said, I'm, I'm from the Baptist church down the street. And she said, my father was a Baptist. And I'd have heard the Baptist message of salvation a thousand times. And you know what the preacher said? You know what the preacher said? <laughs> he, said he said, I'm so glad your father didn't stop at 999. Because <laughs> at a thousand she got saved. He said he went back. He gave her the gospel. He said, he said well, if you heard it now, 199 times, one more time ain't going to hurt. Okay? Or she heard a thousand. He said, one more time ain't going to hurt. And he gave it to her again. And he said, two weeks later, she showed up at church and she became the most faithful Christian that he had ever seen. So we don't know. We don't know. Okay? We don't know. So then faith cometh by here. I don't know how many times I had to hear it. I don't know how many times I had to hear it because I'm not to say, you know, I don't tell y'all my business. I don't, I don't have a problem telling y'all other folks' business. <laughs> I'm good at that. But I'm not telling y'all mine. Okay? I'll tell you Jake's business. He was a hot mess. <laughs> okay? But, I'm a, but here, here's the thing I was a mess. 
Okay. I don't know how many times I heard it. Because when I worked at General Motors, I walked by these people, and they would, remember I tell you, they would have coffee. You know, you get free coffee, but for you to get that coffee, and I love coffee. I've always loved coffee. But for you to get that coffee, you had to go over there and get it. And they was over there with all them Bibles. <laughs> and I was like, nah, I'm cool. <laughs> uh-uh. I want, I, I love sinning. I love sitting. I ain't going to sit here. Some of y'all be lying. I love sitting. Sitting was fun. I enjoyed every sin I ever committed. But God. I had to put that on Sylvia. But God. So then faith comes. Come on. By hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Not by fables. Not by me tickling your ear. Not by me tickling your ear. That's as far as I'm getting today. As far as I'm getting as far as I'm getting. First, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for explaining it so clearly. Thank you for faithful people who hear it and agree with it, embrace it, examine themselves by it, test themselves by it, judge themselves by it. Question themselves by it and then have the desire to say, I want to be better. I want to be stronger. I want to be more committed. I want to be more faithful. I want to be more kind. I want to be more loving. I want to be more merciful. I want to be the best Christian that I could be. And when I sin and when I fall short, I want to confess that sin. And I don't want to just confess it to, 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 to other folks. I want to first confess that sin to the Lord who is faithful and just. Because man ain't faithful and just. But we serve a God that is faithful and just. And he can forgive me of that sin. He can forgive me of sins that, that folks that say they love me won't. Amen. That's the kind of God I serve. That's the kind of God we want to serve. And that's the kind of Christian we want to be. Lord, thank you for everything you do. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you.